I'm finally in a position where I'm actually happy with my body, proud of the small and big accomplishments and things that I've been able to overcome. And that has really changed my mindset that I know what works for me now. And it took working with somebody like you guys in general to understand that my body doesn't work the same way that it used to. And having that knowledge where even a lot of doctors don't really know what to tell you or what to prescribe you. Having people like you guys out there with that information to help other women going through the same things is so important and just so amazing. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Welcome everyone to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today, our guest, Alana Orlando, joins us to talk about working out for PCOS, mental health, and how to overcome obstacles that just get in the way. She is a personal trainer, a wellness coach, and a seven-time bikini body competition champion. Welcome, Alana. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. So tell us about your experience in bikini competitions. I'm so curious. I want to hear about your story and how this relates to your PCOS journey. Absolutely. So I started competing in bikini uh, bodybuilding competitions out in California in 2013. And my seventh and final show was in 2017 within a couple of months after I was diagnosed with PCOS. And I just remember being in my doctor's office and her telling me, look, Alana, you've had three ruptured ovarian cysts in the past two months. It's not smart for you to continue to put this pressure on your body and to step on stage. I don't recommend it. Well, of course, being the stubbornness that I am, decided not to listen and had to pay a minor price for that. And it's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of things you have to do for those competitions, right? Very much so. I mean, from doing fasted cardio seven days a week and in such a calorie deficit, bodybuilding or strength training five days a week, and then another 30 to 45 minute high intensity interval cardio five nights it was just so much pressure on my body and my, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was essentially, I believe that was one of the things that triggered my PCOS to bear mm-hmm. up. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I was having these ovarian cysts that I'd felt in the past, but they just kept progressively getting more and more painful. So when I spoke with my doctor and she diagnosed me with PCOS, she was like, I told her I was getting ready for a competition and I was even taking supplements that could have probably aggravated the cysts and my PCOS overall Mm. at the time. Mm -hmm. So when I got to my competition, it was May 27th of 2017. I remember having just like those sharp pains. You've had them, right? Telling like, yeah, I had one. Yeah. So I just remember feeling the sharp pains. I didn't have a ruptured cyst yet. So I was like, I just need to get through today. This is my last show. I'd already decided. 
and I'll be proud of myself regardless. And I'll tackle everything that my doctor wants me to do after the show. Little did I know that I was going to have a little gift or more or less to say when I did walk on stage to do my routine, because you're constantly squeezing your abdomen muscles to try and flex and, you know, look as lean as you can to the judges mm-hmm. and that's two shows, the morning show and the night show. And during the morning show, I felt the pain when I went through my full routine and I was okay. And then when it came time for the night show, which is the finals, I got on stage to do my routine. I knew that I was already in the top five out of like 30 girls. And it was right when I walked to the center of the stage with like 300 people in the audience that I hit my front pose. And all of a sudden it was like, a lightning bolt just went through my left ovary. Oh no. And I'm hitting this front pose again by myself on stage in front of tons of people. And you can see in the video, I hit the pose and I just go, Oh my God. Just I yeah. Took, yeah, I took a deep breath and I was like, finish. So I finished my entire routine. I walked off to the side of the stage. So I'm still on stage with all the other girls who have come up before me waiting for the other girls in my category or my class to walk out, do their routine and get ready for comparisons with just tears streaming down my face, thinking to myself, I should have listened to my doctor. Uh Uh (laughs) It was traumatizing. It was horrifying, but I placed first. That's the amazing part. I I love that. When that happened, I could have swore because they do two like two comparisons just to make sure you've still got it from the morning uh-huh. show. Basically, they already had it in their mindset that I was going to be either first or second. And so when that happened, I was like, there's no way I'm even going to place now. They start doing the top five callouts. I'm front and center, which means first place. And I'm going through my routine and I'm like, why haven't they asked me to switch with any of the girls yet? Like, there's no way that I've gotten even top three. And I stayed there the whole time. They're having like, you know, number 231 and 242 switch places, please. And it's the girls next to me and on the outsides of me. So my mental health was picking back up a little bit. I'm like, maybe I am still going to get first. (laughs) keep going. Don't get too cocky. And then they did the top five. They called them all out, called them all out. And then I was the last one. And and in first place taking, you know, overall for category B is Alana Galley. And I was like, (laughs) the girl comes up to put the crown on me and my medal. And I'm just, I looked at her and I was like, I am shaking and about to cry right now. And she's like, (laughs) but it's okay. You've already won just smile pictures and then run off stage and do what you got to do. And I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. That sounds like, I want to say a nightmare, but that sounds really exciting. Yeah. Like you, you still got it after like the whole awareness is like basically burst. Was it like hurting the entire time, even as you were getting like the, Oh yeah. Wow. They were, you know, crowning me and putting the metal around my neck. Like every move I made, because when that ruptured cyst happens, it's almost like an injury, like to like a joint or a muscle, any move you make could kind of trigger it to like flare that pain back up. So I was trying not to move as much as possible while still like hitting my poses. So I was just up there just shaking, not even from nervousness, but just from pain. (laughs) But I was so happy. And did you end up like going to the hospital right afterwards? I did not go to the hospital. I took one of the uh, pain medications that my doctor had prescribed me in the past 
for the ovarian cyst ruptures. I got off stage. I still had to go up one more time for an Mm. overall. So like basically it's all by height class. So I had to, because I took first in my height class, I had to get on stage again and do another mini competition with all the taller girls, the girls that were shorter than me. And at that point I was like, I don't care if I take an overall win right now because I got first in my category. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I did it. And I didn't end up winning that category. It's usually the tall girls who do because they're always like the leanest. They're like Mm. models, but I was still so proud of myself. And then as soon as I got off stage, I was like, somebody get me an ice pack. Uh (laughs) Well, absolutely. You should be like something that crazy, extraordinary that happened and you still got first place. I think that's like like, such a great memorable way. Was that like your last competition? Yes. And before, before the cyst rupture even happened, I, had already planned to retire because I was 27 and I could tell and feel the toll that all of the pressure of leading up to the competition, like the competition prep was doing to my body. And I didn't want to do that anymore. And because I knew that I had PCOS, I didn't want to jeopardize or lessen my chances even more of being able to have kids in the future because a lot Mm -hmm. of women who compete, when you're at such a low body fat percentage, there are a lot of girls don't get their periods for months mm. on because their hormones are so off and their body fat is just like so low that it screws up this, like the menstrual cycle and is essentially the reproductive, you know? Yeah. So I, I knew that it was going to be my last show. So as, as I'm walking out the doors mentally, I didn't actually do this. I like <sighs> flipped off. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. We're done. I'm done. This is the last one. I'm going out yeah. on the top. You know, it's also like people who are listening, there may be sisters out there who are hearing this and thinking, you know, it's really hard to like give up this passion, whether it's like people like cycling or kickboxing, people like CrossFit, people like bikini competitions. And then, and then you have PCOS and it flares up and you're like, wait, like this thing that I loved so much, it's creating this hormonal environment, this environment for my hormones to just be suppressed and all these PCOS symptoms flare up. And it just seems so unfair at first, you know? So, I mean, I'm sure like you felt this way. Tell us how you were able to like get through that and maybe transition into like a new type of workout routine or a new lifestyle that just supports your hormones more, but you're still happy with. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you asking me that because it was not easy at first going from the crazy intense training and dieting. And then afterwards, like some people get post wedding day blues, like they're so sad it's over. Well, Mm -hmm. I got post competitive blues because I knew that I wasn't going to do it again. And there have even been times where I've gotten that itch to do it again. But then I remember the toll that it took on my body and like, especially as a, as a PCOS sister. So for me, the first six to eight months were the hardest. I got, you know, a little depressed and I was binge eating and, you know, just mentally not right. I even stopped working out for a few months at a period of time because I just felt like I was never going to get my lean body back. And like, I wasn't good enough to even like try to do it. I let my mental health go so bad that, and I realized that that was also like one of the many symptoms of having a hormonal imbalance is the mental health aspect. So for me, I had to almost what felt like physically pull myself out of this rut 
start learning how to train my body and my mind in a new way. Because as you well know, especially the both of you, I couldn't go back to that high intensity training anymore because that those are the type of workouts that generally work for girls with PCOS. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, working smarter and not harder at that point. So having to retrain my brain and my body to do that and pulling myself out of that funk was the biggest challenge. And it's taken me years to, you know, finally find my balance and I'm still working on it, but I've learned how to train and work out now to where it doesn't affect my body in a negative way. And same thing with like my dieting. I mean, we'll say my clean eating. I'm not the biggest fan of the word diet. Mm -hmm. And I'm finally in a position, I want to say over the last year and a half. So think 2017 to the last year and a half where I'm actually happy with my body, proud of the small and big accomplishments and things that I've been able to overcome. And that has really changed my mindset that I know what works for me now. And it took working with somebody like Talene or somebody like you guys in general to understand that my body doesn't work the same way that it used to. And having that knowledge when it's still such a new, you know, disease where even a lot of doctors don't really know what to tell you or what to prescribe you having people like you guys or now me out there with that information to help other women going through the same things, you know, get themselves back on track to where they want to be is so important and just so amazing. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovastol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. I really want to ask you like the, some of the specifics that you found throughout your process. But before just want to mention too, like, it's like being addicted to that adrenaline rush or like to that, like intense workout that it gives you at the end. You're like, you're you're sweating really hard. You feel all your like muscles are basically like just drained or like spazzing, you know, like just, you feel that. And I think like, it's so hard to let go of that when it feels so good, you know, at that moment when you're doing it, doing enough. Yeah, exactly. And then when you stop doing that, you, you, you try to go to more something that's better for your PCOS or in general, better for your body. It doesn't give you that same rush and then you don't feel like you, you just miss that adrenaline rush that you were getting before. So it's it's really difficult. It's like I see almost as like being addicted to like coffee or anything like that, because it's just something that you're so used to doing. Yeah, it's it's just like that being addicted to caffeine. Yeah, because it gives you adrenaline, it lifts you up and you, I mean, I'm, I'm not proud of myself after drinking coffee per se, but you have this sense of like accomplishment and yeah. It's, yeah. it's different when you stop doing that. That's for sure. But people accepting the fact that working smarter and not harder is actually going to be better for them in the long run. 
it is the most important thing, especially for yeah. us with hormone balances. Yeah. Could you go into that, like working smarter, not harder? Because that's something we love to talk about too, is like, you know, you don't have to do more. You can still do like less with more, if that makes sense. Wait, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. You can get more out of doing less. Yeah, exactly. So something that I've come to find that works for me, and obviously everybody's bodies are different. Even every woman that I've spoken to who has PCOS or endometriosis, their bodies respond differently to a lot of different things. But in a generalized sense, when it comes to workouts, my workouts have completely changed. Now I'm not super setting every time I work out. Most of the time I'm not. I'm taking a little bit longer breaks between exercises. I'm focusing more on the movements instead of the intensity because when you reach a certain level of intensity with that hormonal imbalance and your cortisol levels and your blood sugars all flying around, it confuses the hormones and your body won't respond in a positive way like it used to before you had those hormonal imbalances. And it took me a while to learn that. But again, just focusing on more of the movements and making sure that I'm, I'm more about like muscle activation training now. So for me, it's knowing how to activate my muscles. And even mm -hmm. if I'm not sore the next day, I know that I worked them out correctly. I don't have to feel like I can't walk down the stairs after a leg day because I know that the workout that I did was an accomplishment towards my goals and good for my body. Yeah. Yeah. Healing workouts. You know, instead of thinking of the workout as something that's going to burn fat or whatever, you're thinking of how it's going to heal your hormones, how it's going to support this journey that you're on towards health and also like natural weight loss to have your body work and your metabolism work properly so that you can maintain a healthy weight without having to go the extra, extra mile, you know? Exactly. And that was one of the things that. I had to learn the hard way after competing. I gained, I want to say at least 40 pounds within a matter of like six to eight months when I fell into like that mini depression mm -hmm. and getting it, that body fat off of my body has like, I'm still working on it. Like I still haven't you know, gotten to where I want my body and I know it can get to be yet, but I've learned how to do it the proper way now. Like you mm -hmm. said, healing exercises, healing workouts. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, your eating plays such a huge role in that as you know, you both well know, like we, do, I mean, our, humans in general, our bodies weren't meant to digest like processed dairy and certain glutens and whatnot, regardless, but for people with hormonal imbalances, it's even more important to avoid those certain foods because mm -hmm. that's when you get your flare ups and a lot of women, they, they don't know how to change it and make it a more sustainable lifestyle. They'll try it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and then they binge eat a whole like family meal from Taco Bell, and there's all this cheese and gluten, and it just throws them through the wire. And I think that knowing that is one of the most important things. Have you found it to be helpful to become gluten and dairy-free? Oh my gosh. Yes. I only feel bloated when I have had more of a surplus of, we'll say like fats, um, healthy fats don't affect me very much, but like cheese or if there's butter or milk in whatever I'm eating and, um, certain glutens, like whether it's white bread or pastas, and there's so many alternatives out there now that 
taste almost exactly the same and you get to enjoy without blowing up or feeling whichever side effects it is that come from it because we all have different side effects. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just noticed that I blow a lot less when I avoid those things and my energy levels. That's one of the big things. So the bloating and energy levels are my two biggest factors that I notice will either go way up or way down depending on what I'm eating. It's so interesting the impact it has on inflammation because essentially bloating is just the lining of your stomach loosening up and those particles getting through into your bloodstream, creating inflammation and bloating and not being able to digest these things properly. And then not just leading to fatigue, but ultimately leading to the ovarian cysts, like in chronic inflammation and insulin resistance lead to the ovarian cysts. So what you're eating, how you're working out, it's like creating a recipe for ovarian cysts. Mm-hmm. So have you had ovarian cysts rupture since quitting the competition and you know, you're eating gluten and dairy free and everything? So back in 2017, when I was competing, I had, like I said, three rupture within a matter of eight weeks. So two months. And then the one that happened on stage and after competing, because my body was still in such a like tight state, there was that pressure on my cysts. So I had maybe three more happen in the year of 2017, but it was more spread out. They were less painful, but I did feel the inflammation in my body more than my cysts because I was, wasn't eating right. Mm -hmm. And since I've gotten my eating more in order, it's always less and less and less. I think that in this year I've had one mm-hmm. and last year it was only two. Great. So I went from having at least one a month to one or two a year. That's such good progress. Yeah. One a month to one or two a year and eventually yeah. none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the road I'm on. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. So what would you say to a sister out there right now? who feels kind of like um, nothing will ever work. And, you know, sometimes when you've worked out so hard and you haven't been able to lose weight or you're on this journey where like you're trying all these things and it's just not going the way that you anticipated it to go, you kind of want to give up and like never work out again because you're like, what's the point? My body just doesn't work properly. What would you say to a person listening right now who's thinking that way? Well, my biggest piece of advice to anybody listening who's feeling that way is one, always make sure that you at least try to stay on a consistent regimen first and foremost. And it's got to be the right regimen, working with professionals like the both of you and knowing exactly just kind of how your body is affected by different things like foods and exercise and making sure that you get on a consistent regimen first, giving that a try for at least a few months, because nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, if you're doing it right, you're going to feel an incredible positive difference in your body and your mindset. And there's a good chance that anybody who is feeling like that right now probably hasn't had a consistent regimen because it works. Consistency is key and it really is mind over matter. There's going to be times where you want to give up. And if you are on a consistent routine right now and you just started, keep going. Just make sure that you're working with the right people. It's okay to ask for help. And I don't recommend trying to do it on your own at first because you're going to need that accountability on certain days. You're going to need to check in with 
you know, your coach who's set up a PCOS friendly diet for you or your PCOS trainer. You can't just work with a regular nutritionist or a regular trainer because Mm -hmm. of PCOS. You have to work with somebody who is familiar with your body and the side effects and positive effects of dieting and exercise. So stay consistent or get consistent. Make sure you're working with the right people and just know that there is a very bright light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that's a great reminder right there that there is light at the end of the tunnel because thousands and thousands of women are able to reverse their PCOS symptoms, lose weight, and just like live symptom-free as as they keep consistent, which is key. Consistency always, uh, like not perfection, especially because a lot of times when you try to be perfect, that puts the unneeded pressure. Um, it feels like you're doing something wrong when one day you just want to have um, something you want to have. So like just being consistent, you know, working on it most of the time, thinking more long-term than short, short-term, I think too, because when you want like to lose weight fast, of course, like I, I think like anybody, they want to lose weight fast, but you don't get it like right away in a month or so, it like makes you want to stop. But like thinking more long-term, like, yes, I can do this. I'm going to give myself a year. I think that's always like the best way to look at it. Absolutely. And one thing that I do want to touch on with that too, to the listeners is for everyone as a whole, it takes a while to accomplish a noticeable change when it comes to targeting your body, your muscle groups and whatnot. And with women with PCOS and hormonal imbalances, especially, it takes us a little bit longer sometimes because like you said, not seeking perfection, but trying to seek that consistency. There are going to be times where I don't want to say you slip up, but you know, you have like a cheat meal that makes you flare up. There are going to be times where, you know, you have that sugary pina colada on vacation and it flares you up a little bit, but it's Mm -hmm. not about cutting out everything that you love in your life, but just knowing how to balance it. And that comes hand in hand with the consistency. It's the balance. And the longer you do it, the better of the results you're going to see because the quicker you can accomplish and achieve something, the quicker you can lose it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah. The quicker you, you know, if you take a shortcut, tomorrow, it might not be that way anymore, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally, like while we're traveling through Europe here, mainly gluten and dairy free, like very consistently and everything, but there have been times where we were at like a fancy restaurant and dessert was part of our like four course meal. And like, (laughs) it was ice cream or some crazy, like something. And I was like, of course I'm going to have a bite or like, of course I'm going to, you know, grab some, grab a spoon and like have some ice cream or something like that. But I know my limits and I know that if I finish it, I'm going to have cystic acne tomorrow. So I know that I can have a couple spoonfuls and that's how much I can tolerate. I'll enjoy it. And that's that, you know, and I think that balance is so important because it's like a lifelong thing and you want to make sure you're doing it in a way that keeps you happy. Absolutely. And and like you said, like, you know, that if you indulge just a little too much, you know that you'll wake up with cystic acne. For me, mm-hmm. I wake up super bloated or I feel the pain even in my ovaries or in my body yeah. in general. Isn't it crazy how, I mean, I, when were you diagnosed with PCOS, by the way? Oh, it, wow. I'm 30 now. So it was 12 years ago. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to hear a little bit about your journey. <laughs> um, but one thing that I've noticed personally, I've always been a very intuitive person. I, I consider myself an empath. So I'm very aware of 
myself and my surroundings. But ever since being diagnosed with PCOS, I have become so much more physically aware. And I can tell and I can feel when I'm doing something that's going to affect me later on. And when I do feel something later on, I know exactly what it was that triggered it. <laughs> and I didn't know that before, but I've just become yeah. so much more. Did you feel like that too throughout your journey? Definitely. You're, definitely. you're for sure. Like your, your body is so sensitive to change that you immediately always like something is off or like, yeah, we both consider ourselves empaths. Like we can feel someone else's feelings. We can feel our feelings deeply. We like, yeah, if I eat something the next day, I'll know like, that's what did it. Just like you said, to the point where CX, like, can you handle anything? <laughs> you're always no. <laughs> Cause I like to complain too, like as a joke, but it's like part of my personality. Oh, I, I, I get like that too. And it's usually when I'm PMSing, to be honest. Yeah. My husband will know, like he'll know right away. Like I'll wake up in the morning, like just kind of crabby and I'll want like, so I'll be craving something, which usually means that there's a deficiency in some of our nutrients that yeah. can point out. But John will just look at me and be like, you need food. <laughs> are you okay like he gets, he's like I can't be around you right now would you let me know if you need me <laughs> I love it I get enraged like I don't act on it I just feel it and I know that it's happening and I turn to Sirak I'm like I'm gonna punch someone <laughs> here I am I'm enraged right <laughs> yeah like there's no reason to be upset I don't know why but I think I want to slap someone across the face. <laughs> like I turn into like this monster. I, I totally right. I mean, yes, but you're you never act on it. That's the thing. No, you never I act on it. I I've never seen you like even it. like get mad at anyone ever. Not even like on your period. I have anything. a really good filter where like I can be so enraged and then it'll go through the filter and it'll come out like funny. Yeah. But, like deep down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that yours comes out funny because mine usually just comes out like like people pleaser ish. Like I know, like mm -hmm. I excuses for people and we'll talk about that another time, but I actually really wanted to come out with my own podcast on the recovering people pleaser. Oh, how, you should. And how it ties into my journey with PCOS as well, because I've always been a sensitive person an empath and I've always felt other people's emotions and I'm always trying to uplift everyone else before mm -hmm. myself. And I've started to learn how to balance that and focus more on myself and my mental and physical well-being. So for me, when I go through those little enraged moments where I feel like I'm turning into that little anger character from that cartoon movie, that emotions <laughs> movie, I'm, I turn into that like little red ball. And then I think about what I'm about to say. And it comes out like, well, I just want you to know that this is how I'm feeling. I know that it doesn't necessarily you know, have to do with you, but you should probably know that this is how I feel. And this is how you can make it better. I yeah, think that's I like a good that. thing to say. Yeah. Wait, I like that last part. Thing, I like right? the last part. I like it. This is how you can make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to work on this right now because this is how I'm feeling and I'm allowed to be angry. <laughs> but I, I love that idea. You should definitely start that podcast. I think it would be really good for mental health which I know you're, you're a big advocate of as well with it, with your past experience and uh, with the challenges you went through since the competition and during the competitions, of course, how are you like focusing on that now for yourself, but also for others as you like spread that around? 
So I'll be honest and I won't uh, dwell too much on it, but I've battled with depression since I was in my early teens and depression and suicide. And I've even spoken on what was supposed to be launched as kind of a documentary and released to schools about people from all different walks of life who battled with depression and suicide and where they are now and how they got to become this better version of themselves to kind of like give kids hope like that it may feel like the end of the world now. Again, like we said earlier, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have mm-hmm. to get there and that it's going to be okay. Ever since, honestly, I want to say my early 20s, I've always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something in the sense of med- mental health advocacy. I knew that I didn't want to be a psychiatrist or a therapist. So instead, I'm working on building a program where I can work with not subject to, but mostly targeting younger women or women who are struggling with finding their passion in life and what makes them genuinely happy and how they can incorporate it into a career and make it something that they're proud of. Because that's one of the biggest things with mental health that is such a struggle is finding something to be proud of yourself for. Because when you're proud of yourself for things, it's hard to be sad. Feeling genuinely good about something that you've done, especially when it comes to helping other people, is what I need to be doing. It's my calling. Mm. I need to be working with people, specifically women who go through these you know, mental challenges of thinking they're not good enough or they'll fail. Just knowing that, yes, there is going to be trial and error in your life, but ultimately to become this incredible human being that you can become and I see in you, you've got to take the necessary steps. And it starts with breaking down your daily routines, creating healthier habits. And that also ties into fitness and nutrition and working with women who have hormonal imbalances, also autoimmune disease. My mom was diagnosed with MS back in 2009, I believe. And I've seen the toll that it's taken on her mentally and physically. And even MS, a lot of the symptoms can be almost like diminished and just not cured but minimalized so much to the point where she wouldn't be feeling them with her nutrition and with her exercise. Wow. I love that. Yeah. So I want my, my programs will be tailored per person. So my ideal client is somebody who's either battling with a mental or a health disorder or someone who just is having a hard time kind of getting the ground running and breaking down all of the steps that they need to get to where they want to be. I love that. Yeah. Can you please mention like the web your website where people can find you? Because I think so many people can benefit from that help and that guidance. Absolutely. So my programs haven't launched yet, but I'm hoping within the next six months. So stay tuned. But for now, anybody who wants to can reach out to me. What my website is alanagalley.com. And it's on my Instagram account in my link tree. I I want to change my domain so badly because I have a new last name now, but everybody knows my site as Alana Galley. So I'm just kind of leaving it until further notice. <laughs> yeah. So it, it can, my website can be found on my link tree, which is in my Instagram bio at Alana fit and anybody who's listening and wants to even just talk. I'd love to even start working with people now in a sense of kind of, I'll call them my guinea pigs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think anybody listening should definitely should definitely check out 
uh, the website and your Instagram. We always love to look at it, like your stories. You're always like preaching about mental health, but also talking about different topics. I think it's so helpful. Uh, going back to what you what you mentioned about like how people, especially with PCOS, can feel like I'm not worthy enough. You know, when you're dealing with those like symptoms and it makes you feel like it's your fault. And it's something I have str- struggled with in the past as well with depression. And like even like taking like antidepressant like uh, medications and stuff for a few years until like I I was in a better state, but I had the trouble of like always thinking that like I wasn't either good enough or like being too hard on myself. So I think it's like it's a really tough like uh, thing to learn to stop that habit of like being tough on yourself or like blaming yourself, almost the way you talk to yourself like inside your inside your head. So I think it's a big big topic for sisters especially like because forty to fifty percent of uh, people with PCOS have like anxiety and depression. So uh, that's like almost half of the listeners right now. So please, we just want you to know like you're worth it and that you deserve the best. And just like, just like keep, keep working on, on yourself, your mental health, like you will make it, you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm always here if you want to talk to me. <laughs> yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So awesome. This was a great, great interview. Thank you so much for coming on, Alana. And everyone, please check out her website, alanagali.com and her her Instagram, alanafit. Um, But we'll, we'll also share it in the description below so you can click directly. Thanks so much. Thank you guys so much. I really enjoyed today and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Yes, absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Have a great day and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.